missed his chances. Oh, brilliant goal! A brilliant goal! Remember the name, Wayne Rooney. Pirlo, 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 ancora, Pirlo, di tacco, tiro, Welcome back to the Footy Fans Podcast, Episode 10. Andrew, Santo, and Joe, as always, talking to you now on Halloween Sunday night. Boys. Spooky. <laughs> spooky. Spooky the theme. Coming up. Yeah, spooky theme podcast tonight. Um, first off, boys, how was your Halloween? I It was, I guess, another COVID Halloween. Yeah. Um, but it was good. I mean, got to see some people that I didn't get to see last year. Had a little bit of a Halloween, two Halloween parties with Rocco turning one. So we had a little family get together and then got to see some friends as well. So it was good. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Santos' Halloween costumes were better than mine at both occasions. <laughs> <laughs> I will say. Oh, well, yeah. To the people now, what were they? Well, I was um, Guy from Free Guy, aka Blue Shirt Guy, which is like a pretty minimalist costume, which is pretty awesome. But it was though. so yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, because it was, um, we watched it on Friday and I was like, all right, that's what I'm going to be for a Halloween (laughs) party. So I already had most of the attire. Just had to make the little guy name tag. And, uh, that was it. And I was a guy. Yep. Sock player and seventies workout person. All in one. (laughs) Yeah. With a massive yellow hand. Yeah. Massive engineering yellow headband. (laughs) (laughs) Those are classic costumes though. Like. I love the ones that you can just like pull off from home. Like you just have stuff. Yeah. Like it's so convenient. Like mm-hmm. I think my time of like buying costumes is so gone now. Yeah, you just make something up at your house, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Like I remember like I mean I think like three or four times I was like a homeless person. And I just like <laughs> wore like shitty <laughs> pants and like a coat and like paint painted a beard or something. Yeah. I was like homeless. I think I remember that. Yeah, I was probably with you guys at least <laughs> once. I think so. I was like, What are you, homeless person? Okay. One of the times. Before I can grow a beard, so I used to get the uh, like the wine bottle cork. Oh yeah, and like you burn it, and then you smudge it on your face, and it gives you like the five o'clock shadow. Now I can just grow a beard. Okay, but when I was like yeah. fourteen, I couldn't. Yeah, had to make something work, right? Yeah, I had more hair other places, but on my face at that point. So, and you were the handsome prince, right? And then this year, yeah, we did a whole mermaid theme. So, I got lucky and got the handsome prince Eric Kelly dressed up as Ursula and had a purple face and. <laughs> I don't know if we can say purple face, but she was purple face. You should have been Ursula. That would have been great. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Or like reverse the roles. Like just <laughs> yeah. Like change yeah. everything around. I thought about that too. You know, they have, like, they have couples costumes. Yeah. Like the like, stereotypical one, like, oh, like the beefy guy, then like the girl that's like all slutty and whatever. Mm-hmm. So just reverse that. Yeah. <laughs> just have like you me will... in like a sexy nurse costume. Yeah. And then Kelly can just be like, wear like a jacked cover thing. Yeah. She was like a lumberjack or something. Yeah. And I'll just be like. 
some little slutty cop. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll wear some like booty shorts and shit. Next year. Next year. Well with the kids, it's kinda hard. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? Mom and Dad, where what are you doing? Where are those handcuffs from? Shut the hell up. <laughs> Stop asking those questions. Yeah. Uh, too much information. Um so yeah, so we're gonna have some fun tonight. We have um a draft at the end of the show that we're gonna do. It's gonna be spookiest uh team to play against. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna go down the line of goalkeeper, defender, midfielder, and uh, attacking forward, and just pick who we think you know either scares the hell out of you based on their size and stature, or scares you based on their performance yeah. and who you would not want to face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll get into that later. But to dive right into it, um, the big game we kind of previewed last week was going to be Manchester United and Tottenham. Big implications, obviously, with the table, but. Uh, I think our biggest one was Solskjaer's career and mm-hmm. how he was going to, um, how he's going to perform or how the team is going to perform and like bounce back for him. And with his job potentially on the line, um, I think the team also was aware of that and they kind of rallied together and they put on just a huge yeah. performance against Tottenham. Like, I don't think Spurs really even had much of a chance. No. I mean, I, I was kind of wondering during the game whether it was like Manu playing really good and Tottenham just being really bad on that day. Usually in the situations it's always, oh, it's, you know, combination of both. But, yeah, Manu looked really good. Um, I really hope Solskjaer just sticks with Ronaldo and Cavani yes. playing together because that mm-hmm. really worked. I mean, with all that experience they got, I mean, can't really go wrong. And then you can bring on players like Rashford. Hopefully Sancho comes on more. Um, mm-hmm. But you can come on for them in like the 60th, 70th minute, right? Yeah, like I don't get like they put a uh, stat on the board on the TV of saying like their combined age is like seventy years old or something, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Just a couple of old guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, like old guys can hang. I was talking to my dad about it, and I was saying how a player like Cavani could just slide into any team and just be really, really good. Yeah, and I think his time at United has been um, stricken by injury a little bit, so he hasn't had like the full force of like what he can do and like what he can show. But you just put a person with that experience into the fold and they'll perform mm-hmm. like, yeah, you'll, you'll lack some pace a little bit. Yeah. You know, your shot might not be as powerful or whatever, but the knowledge of just knowing where to be on the field and like the run that he made to score the last goal. Yeah. It was amazing. Like that's just instinct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you can't teach that. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just from how you've played for like 30 years, however old 35, however old uh, Cavani is. And a chip, uh, chip Larice a little yeah. bit there. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's just classy. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was only his second start of the season. And I think putting Cavani in that striker role gives Ronaldo more freedom on the wing because even mm-hmm. when he was playing as a striker, he wasn't really like a yeah like a uh, last-man striker. You know, he was kind of more of like a false nine, like yeah. roam the field like we kind of always see. But if you can actually play him with a striker, like, like how Ronaldo performed in Real Madrid with Benzema. Mm-hmm. And when he was out United with Rooney. Yeah. Like two guys that are just class, typical A strikers. Yeah. And work well it, each other. yeah, exactly. Work off each other, and I say it gives them more room because you know you got way more room on the wing mm-hmm. and more space. Yeah, and you can kind of like even if you do like screw up or something, you have the whole team behind you if you turn the ball over. And yeah, so you can kind of have more freedom. And I mean, you know, they both score, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like that hasn't happened, and I don't even know if it's <laughs> happened yet. Like, yeah, no, and yeah, like they both scored the the goals, and I don't know, it's. <sighs> I I just think it's crazy like that he he hasn't got more playing time. Um, yes, they have like a youth movement with United too, but 
if you just need someone to put the ball in the back of the net, who better than Cavani? Yeah, besides Ronaldo. Ronaldo. He's <laughs> also playing right up against him, right? Or right. right with him. So, yeah. No, I was actually super impressed with uh, Cavani as well. Um, I do think what you said is is a combination of both, and we'll get into Nuno later. But I'm not sure what Tottenham is at the moment, if that makes sense. They don't really have an identity. Right, that's a good I would way to say. put it. Yeah. Um, you know, with and some of the commentators were talking about this with the Wolves. You know, they were just kind of set on their playing style. And I was under the impression with Nuno coming in to the start of the season, he came from Wolves, you know, did really well. He has these class players now at Tottenham. I thought Tottenham was going to be one of the dark horse of this title race. But, you know, maybe that's kind of naive. You know, new manager coming in, you have to get used to the playing style. So, you know, maybe, you know, they'll let this season go. They probably won't qualify for Champions League. Um, But, you know, maybe they'll give them another year and see where that goes. Uh, but like you said, I think it's just a combination of Tottenham being really poor. And, you know, obviously this Kane situation is not helping because he's just, he's almost a liability on the field at this point. Um, you know, sloppy turnovers, not really, you know, being that strike you need when he gets the ball, like creating chances out of nothing. Yeah. So, you know, it was kind of the perfect storm after the Liverpool game. You know, a big game against Tottenham, quote unquote, but they've just been not, not themselves lately. So, you know. I am surprised Man U did that much work on them, but um, you know, looking at what Tottenham's been doing, you know, maybe not too surprised by Man United's win, um, even though they just well, got crushed by Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it's kind of like you said, where it's this up and down thing with Man U. Yeah, I even said they're <laughs> like, oh, they got crushed by Liverpool. They, they might win Spurs. against Tottenham. They might now they're going to lose against Manchester City, but who knows with City? It's so unpredictable. Um, so we'll have to see. It's just this. It's with Man U. Yeah, it's up and down, but it's just the most extreme up and downs. Like crushed Liverpool, beat Tottenham this massive game. We'll see what happens against City. <laughs> could could be a draw. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Honestly, yeah. then the way that City's been playing, well, has played last game too. Yeah. Um. And that's a one-off. We'll get into that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'll talk, we'll talk, about, we'll I, talk I, about what happens when Crystal Palace goes to Manchester yeah. for whatever reason. But yeah, I think Man U just needs to have a run of what. Even if they lose or draw, they just need a run of five or six games where they're just playing well in those games. Like you lose two-one to Liverpool away, yeah. you lose by one to Man City away, and you play well. Like yeah, it's not the result you wanted, but at least you're playing well, like game in and game out. If you're playing really poor and then you play well and it's it's not good for the fans, not yeah. good for the club. Well, they yeah. they kind of had a consistent start at the beginning of the season, like of just like rattling off wins, and they were sitting. Yeah. Like, I think maybe at least one week they were like top table, mm-hmm. but they weren't playing anybody. Yeah, like I think their first big test was I think the Leicester game. Was it Leicester? No, who they play? Yeah, whoever it was, and they got spanked. Yeah. And that's what we were talking about, where we were wanting to see Ronaldo in like some of the big games against the big clubs, because mm-hmm. yeah, they were winning against all you know. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Sorry, they were like they beat up on Leeds on week one, drew Southampton, and then beat up on Newcastle. Good win against West Ham actually, mm-hmm. and then um, a loss to Villa, which is I mean, 
they're not sitting too high right now in the standings, but they're still like a tough team to play against. Mm-hmm. Another draw against Everton, but then the Leicester City game came and they lost 4-2. And mm-hmm. then they squeaked out that game against Atalanta. Then they got smashed by Liverpool. Like, it's just... And then, I don't know. Like, the games that when they played against, like, low sides, yeah, you can win. You can come out with, like, some squeaky wins, but, like... Yeah, it's a big You game, put them right? against a big side, and, like, you can really tell, like... Yeah. They're not... Like, they're kind of like a broken team. Yeah. I think the difference with the City game is City was still in control the whole game, even though they lost. With Man U, when they lose, it's like, <laughs> you just played really bad. City, you could argue they just got unlucky, because... You know, during the game, they control the whole game. They're in the box berating Crystal Palace. Just a mistake from Laporte and then a red card. And then you get an offside goal. Um, so I think that's a little bit of the difference. Even though, you know, you look at the table and you know what separates City from Man U? You know, it's just three points. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the difference is when City loses, it's more, you know, hard luck versus, you know, I don't think City hopefully wouldn't get smashed by Liverpool like that. You know, they didn't when they played, but... Yeah, it's almost like you see any of the top three now like drop points with a loss, and you're like, what the hell happened that game? I got to find out what happened. If you see United lose, they're probably like, oh, they just played like shit. <laughs> yeah. But they're probably oh, like, they're just not very good this year. Right? Yeah. Which, I mean, coming into this year, we kind of had our doubts. Obviously, the Ronaldo transfer was like huge news. And so that kind of like put everyone back on the United bandwagon for a little bit. And so, oh, I got to watch Man U again this year. So that got them a little mm-hmm. bit more, not popularity, but that got them a little bit more like push mm-hmm. for them to watch. And then now it's like, they're just not very good. Yeah. And talk about Tottenham the same way. They're just not very good. Yeah. You don't know what's going to show up on the field. And just like looking back at it, when Nuno was doing so well at Wolves, that's because he had time there to actually bring his own players there. Yeah. He's had one season at Tottenham so far. Yeah. Like he came in, like they, like Poch, uh, sorry, Mourinho didn't really give them that much time before the season. To like yeah. get a new manager, yeah. Like he left. I kind of forget when he left, but I know it wasn't like right at the end of last year. I think it was like kind of uh, beginning of the, beginning of the summer transfer. So like they didn't have much time to pick a manager. It was up in the air still who was going to go there, and then Nuno just kind of slides in, and like he didn't even do much in the transfer market at all. So he's basically the same team that Mourinho lost with last year, mm-hmm. and the same team that got Pochettino removed. Yeah. So it's like. What are they going to do? Why do we expect this team to be so good? Like, yeah, they have good players, but they just don't play well together. Yeah. Plus, the Kane situation is not helping. He's basically operating without a real striker besides Song. And And they don't have one. They have no one to replace him. Yeah. Like you said, Kane's basically like a liability right now on the field. They have no one to put in. Yeah. It's almost like they can just play 10 men and like it'd be the same (laughs) thing, to be honest. So that sounds terrible for Kane because he's like, we just talked about how him, like, I thought he's going to be Golden Boot winner this year. Yeah. yeah. What regardless if he left or went to Man City or not. I thought he's just that good. And I thought Nuno would get the best out of him, but he's for whatever reason, backwards. he's just he, gone. You can tell, and I know we talked about this before where he said he's like, Oh, I'm committed to Todd. It's like he's you not could committed. say uh, like obviously not. No. You know, there's no way you're just this string of bad like ten games in mm-hmm. that's just that much bad luck. It's like it's not there. Yeah, one goal, one assist in nine matches this season. Mm-hmm. For arguably, you know, England's number nine, mm-hmm. England's captain. Talked like the last five years, he's basically been the the, top, the best striker in the league. Yeah, and you know, like I know we're harping on Kane, but really, it's not really his fault. You know, who knows what went on behind closed doors? For all we know, like he really wants to leave, and they're like, "No, you're staying, and you got to say this." 
And he's like, well, like, what the fuck? (laughs) So he's just stuck in this club that he doesn't really want to be at. Um, But just the owners at Tottenham don't want to let him go. It's like, no, you're staying here. He's like, like, I'm not like, I'm not here mentally. Yeah, so he, he could just be stuck, face. right? He has to put on a face and like try and play for the club, but he will likely not be here in the foreseeable future. Which kind of sucks for Tottenham because it's like they breed pretty good players, but yeah. then they just let them go. Like obviously yeah. at their peak, they're worth the most money, but they don't keep them long enough to have team success. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh yeah, Kane's like at his peak right now. Like we're gonna keep going forward with him. It's gonna be so good, and then this happens. Yeah, or like he's at his peak and they want to sell him. They're like, no, we got to keep this guy. Like he's our core player. Like we're gonna use him as a cornerstone of our team and like build around him. Yeah, and then like he turns to shit. Yeah, and now, now the team's in tenth place, and now Nuno's gonna lose his job. And they're not gonna get any money for Kane. Won't be able to bring in like right. Like, I mean, can you imagine what his transfer market value must have been in you know August? Yeah, mm-hmm. like, like right at the end million. of right at the end of the European Cup, they make a Euro final. Yeah, Kane's riding high. Team is riding high. He wants, you know, this big dick transfer move to United or to City or whoever. And then now, like, this happens three months later. Yeah. Like, I don't know what his transfer market value is right now, but, like, I'm sure it's gone down, like, 30% or something. Yeah. Like, it's got to be crazy. Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens come come January. Um, it's strange. I really don't see him at City in January. Um it's still like a big question mark with City with what they're going to do about the striker situation. They've still been playing their game, but it does feel like their their final third and just how they used to score goals with Aguero. Yeah, you know they would just constantly create chances and pumping goals. I think you notice that a little bit now with them not having that true number nine up there. Um, you've seen it a few times with uh, Ferran Torres when he plays, but. It is something that's missing, but with that said, I don't really see Kane going there. Um, not sure what's going to happen with Haaland. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Because City will bring in someone. It'll probably be a pretty high-profile person. Um, we'll just see who it is. I could... Yeah, for whatever reason, I'm leaning that way. I don't, for whatever reason, I, I'm not seeing Kane in a City <laughs> shirt. I'm not sure why, but... You know, we'll see. I feel, you know what it might be? They might just tank this season. Um, and then City might just get the opportunity to sign someone else like a Holland or, you know, whoever it might be. Um, they might not take a chance on him. Like, if Kane's, if they're at Tottenham's ask for Kane is too high, I don't think they'll actually buy him given this season. Right. We'll have to see. And yeah, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it would happen in January either. Like, have a transfer like that big in January market, I think it's kind of rare. Yeah. Because for for whatever we know, like Tottenham might be slipping to like fifteenth or twelfth or thirteenth, whoever or wherever they could be at the end of the season. So they have to try and like salvage what they can, basically, um, from this year. And like obviously, Kane in your side is probably better with, without yeah. Kane in your side. Yeah. Obviously, like we just talk shit about him, but he's a privilege to have for Tottenham for a side like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Son though has proven the last couple of seasons he's kind of the real MVP though of the team. Yeah, because like we we talk about it at length, that Son like generates almost all of their attacking mm-hmm. ability. Yeah, like everything is filtered through him like nine times out of ten. Yeah, or maybe like Lucas Mora can kind of pick up the pieces sometimes too. But um, I mean Nuno, he's a good coach. Like he's done well at 
uh, Wolverhampton and bringing them up from the championship division into like, what they are now. And they're not having the hottest of seasons, but clearly he just left last year, so that's obviously going to make a transition in that team too. But mm-hmm. um, no, he's he's class. I mean, he's a good coach. Like I would like to play for a guy like him. He's got a lot of passion. Yeah, um, I think he's like a player's coach. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, he just can't get the guys to you know gel together. And we talked, uh, you know, so much last week about Solskjaer having like a one game um, a trial basically to see if like what his job is going to be like his job status. And now I can kind of think I, we can kind of say the same thing about Nuno going to the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, they got games against Everton and Leeds coming up. Um, Everton games can be tough. Leeds got another nice win today against Norwich. So, you know, they always battle hard. And then Burnley is another team uh, in the following week that, you know, they could probably scoop a win up against, but if they, you know, don't perform well in those next three matches, they could be yeah. another manager on the hot seat from a top club that could be uh, on his way out. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is tough. I mean, I always like, I think I said this before, where I like to see clubs kind of stay committed to the managers they hire, especially when it's your first season at a club like Tottenham and came from Wolves. Yeah. It would be really harsh to just yeah. let him go in his first season with the club. You got to give the guy a chance. Like, oh, like, absolutely. Like I yeah. said, with Wolves, he obviously had success. So, like, sure, man, stay. Like, you're doing great for our team. Like, please don't ever leave. Yeah. But he had the ability to bring his own players in. Yeah. At Tottenham, I don't even know if they signed anybody this year. They didn't sign anyone. And he's taken over, like, this team. Like you said, didn't sign anyone. They didn't qualify for Champions League uh, last year. So, like, what defines success for Tottenham right now? Well, they're in Europa League this year. They are They are in Europa. Yeah. But, but still. Not not the top four. No. I mean, and a club like that big. Yeah. Um, I mean, they expect to be top four. Do they though? Like especially this year with Chelsea. Well, top five at least I'd say. Chelsea, like, Liverpool, City. You know, who right now West Ham's doing well. You know, Arsenal. If we I wish we are them. They're coming up, <laughs> coming back to Arsenal um, a little bit. Those guys, man. It's I don't know. Honestly, I have no idea who's gonna get fourth this year. Um, but I it would be kind of harsh on Nuno if, if Tottenham defines success, or at least the minimum for Nuno to qualify for Champions League, especially the team he took over. And like I said, especially with this Kane situation, you know, he's kind of tied to like trying to get this team that he inherited from Mourinho. I guess, yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's just because like they have had such such success in the last couple of seasons. Like they made a Champions League final a couple of years ago. Like, let's not forget that. Mm. Controversial, um, yeah. But. I mean, it was a one, it's kind of a one off, but it's like one of the worst Champions League finals of all time. But yeah, um, I don't know. It's like I think it just has like that name recognition too. Like Tottenham, Tottenham, Tottenham years ago, I was like, you know, they're a good team, but like they're not anything crazy. They had Gareth Bale mm-hmm. who like put them kind of on like next level. Mm-hmm. And beforehand, they had like Jermaine Defoe and you know, mm-hmm. Luka Modric and all those guys, and it's like they're a good team. But then Bale and then like Kane coming in, like they just heightened that team to be like, oh my god, this team's actually really good. Like Poch came in, mm-hmm. so it's like recency bias of them being good. You still kind of want them or think that they're going to be in that top five, top four. Yeah. But then you come back to reality, and it's like mm-hmm. Bale's gone. Yeah. Kane's not doing well. Pochettino's gone. Like they're just dropping yeah. players and not adding assets. Yeah. So that you know, it's unfortunate their slide has come as like staggering as it has like i thought pochettino was going to be a lifer at tottenham yeah same here that was probably the uh, worst decision they, they made i'm so to say i'm shocked that they let him go but like, i think that might have been mutual too because yeah. i think like like obviously 
he loved being there, I think. Like, he, I think he his style of play fits the English game very well. Um, clearly, like, he's been uh, successful at all, and I'm not at, you know, attaining first place or anything in the league, but being competitive with the top four sides. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at the some, same at the same time, he just maybe overstayed his welcome a little bit, and like he needed either a big move to like a top club in England, like a top top club, or he had to get the hell out of there because like I think he was mm-hmm. just, just kind of getting stagnant a little bit. Like he wasn't, he wasn't like able to like, you know, progress to that very next level, like take that next step to become like premier team, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because I think he had it in his ability, but maybe he saw the red flags of the team as well. Like oh, like yeah. we're not bringing in as much talent as we should. Oh. Uh, Dan Levy's not letting us spend as much money as we should. Yeah. So maybe he just like, okay, I gotta get the hell out of here. Go to PSG, like the biggest team in the freaking world. <laughs> yeah. The most expensive team in the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, not now. Try and win not there. anymore. Not anymore. Second, second, <laughs> second most, second, uh, second, second richest team with the uh, new ownership at Newcastle, who are might get relegated. Then I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> they're is... not getting relegated. I'm telling you, they're not the, gonna get relegated. They're six points. Uh, These guys uh, are gonna spend a billion and a half dollars in January. They can't. Can aren't you not like? I don't know. I don't know. Like, might work around it. Yeah. Who knows? The there's still the rules around financial fair play. Feels like big things still happen with that rule in place. Who knows what happens? Well, because they're going to set up the owner of UEFA with an offshore bank account in like <laughs> Saudi Arabia or something, and just pocket him. Oh, here's thirty mil. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, and it, well, yeah. I mean, look at Newcastle now sitting nineteenth, four points, yet to have a win. I mean, obviously ownership came in a few weeks ago, so we'll see all the changes that happen in the coming weeks and in the transfer window. But you know they. They got to get out of the relegation zone, otherwise you're going to be the richest team in history to ever be in the championship. <laughs> I know that's going to be wild. <laughs> By the championship, like, <laughs> remember Juve got smashed with those with that ban. We yeah. actually talked about that today. When they got relegated. Yeah, yeah. And they were like the richest B division side yeah. in like the whole. World. I mean, luckily they had like all their players they stayed. stayed. Like, they all stayed. And they're like, well, we got to we got us out of this. <laughs> and then they <laughs> like, went back up. Like, so, oh yeah. my god! Imagine like being a fan of like some B division team that's like never made it anywhere. And like your stadium holds like five thousand, and then like Juve shows up, yeah. Like they might get smashed like eight nothing, but like you're like a little kid and you're watching like Del Piero and Buffon and like Nedved, mm-hmm. like coming to your like stadium, like your small little town, because Juve got <laughs> smashed. Like, <laughs> they got, they got, <laughs> what they got relegated? They got relegated to Serie B, and they got then they got fined. They, they started with like negative ten points or something. Yeah, they had to name. start like behind. And I think they almost went undefeated. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think they crushed it. Yeah, uh-huh. I think it might be like them and Fiorentina or something at the same time. Or I think else. Milan was it Milan? Inter- no, I think Milan just got fine. They just got. I thought someone else. I know dropped. two teams got relegated. One team just got fine, but they stayed up. I feel like it might have been Fiorentina or something. I, I could be remember. wrong. But did do you know like the detail? Because I learned, I guess, a little bit more about the details and the whole, like what actually happened and what the max match fixing entailed. I feel like they were paying off refs and stuff, and but like what they were paying off refs to do. Like, no. do you, so. I guess this is what I heard. Um, they would pay off refs and first they would fix on what refs would ref what games. And then they would tell the refs when to give certain player yellow cards. So if it was like they're on two yellows and say they were playing Juve next, they would pay off the refs to give that player a yellow so they wouldn't play against Juve. Oh, man. Yeah. 
It's like leading into the game. Like, yeah. Oh boy. So then you, you don't, cause I was thinking about that. I'm like, how, like, how much can you pay a ref to influence a game with like calls and stuff? Like without it being like blatantly obvious. Yeah. Right. You have ref just gives you all the calls in the game. You know, you're going to have, um, people watch the game and be like, all right, there's obviously something fishy going on here, but you know, the whole yellow card deal and then determining what refs ref, what matches and maybe they lean to more towards UV, but that's the whole side of football that we don't like to talk about. Yeah. I mean, wholeheartedly, if that's what they did, they deserve to, to get <laughs> yeah, penalized, right? You definitely deserve it. You gotta, you gotta win fairly. No, I need, need, no need for that stuff. I was actually just listening to, uh, to a podcast recently talking all about like dictators of the world and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they had one on, um, What's his name? Gaddafi. He was like the pre- he was like the ruler of like Libya. Like yeah. he just kind of slid into like power there. Like he did some like shady stuff, and then he like ruled the like ruled the country with an iron fist for like forty years. He had a bunch of kids, and they said that one of his sons like they were loaded money wise. Like they were like mm-hmm. I think they said at one point his net worth was like two hundred billion dollars or something from oil money and all this crazy stuff. Okay. Yeah, two hundred billion. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, so his son. Um, was like a playboy. Like he just like spent money like crazy. He had like yachts that were worth like ten million dollars. He bought like the biggest team in Libya, for like a biggest soccer team in Libya, and he literally like paid to be a player on the team, and then he like became captain of the team, and he was literally paying off refs to like give him penalty shots during the game that like had no reason to be given. So he'd be like top scorer in the league. He had like thirty yeah. goals in the league, but he like didn't even like he wasn't even a good soccer player. <laughs> yeah, like he just wanted to be there. And then I found out later so that he actually got signed. Oh, I can't remember who the team name was now, but he got signed by an Italian like Serie B uh, Serie B team because like he brought money to the team. And so he That's literally sick. had like Serie B or Serie A like minutes to his like player profile just because like like he he basically transferred himself to this team by just like saying oh, here i'll give you like 20 million dollars like let me come play for you guys and they let him play amazing this might have been, <laughs> been like in the 90s or something oh it's my so funny. gosh gotta... like he's like literally like you know he was like the best player yeah, i think he became like the captain of their national team or something for libya for like soccer Ugh. like clearly they weren't that good yeah and like <laughs> it was all corruption it's kind of funny to think about it. it's like <laughs> I'll pay you guys a lot of money. Good play for you guys. That's basically yeah, I mean, it's turn like, it into a comedy. And it's like <laughs> something uh, funny. I'll give you guys a lot of money. Here's like sixty mil. Can I play a little bit? <laughs> oh, here it is. So yeah, so he I've just found him. So his name is Al Saadi Gaddafi, was the son, born nineteen seventy three. So he's forty eight years old now. So yeah, this is the early two thousands. Uh, he played for Al Ittihad Tripoli. Yeah, which is like I think the best team in like Tripoli's the capital, the capital yeah. of Libya. So he played for them. And then he played for Perugia, Udinese, and Sampdoria. <laughs> really? He actually he didn't make an appearance for Sampdoria, but he played for Perugia and Udinese but for one game. Udinese. Yeah, just to say like he played for the team. <laughs> and then he was the national captain for 18 matches and scored two goals. <laughs> you know what? I, the only thing I have a problem with in that whole situation is him paying off refs to give him PKs. You know, if you have that exposable income, you know. I would say, unfortunately, but like the reality is, like soccer teams are a business. If you're a club, especially if you're a club that like needs money, yeah. and you have, I guess, this really rich young guy that's gonna come, like, I'll give you sixty million dollars for me to like play one game for your team. You're like, yeah, it's like, it's like sure, 
you know, sure, man. Sure. Like, come on, and like, we'll give yeah. you fifteen minutes if we're beating a lower team five nothing, right? Like, yeah. okay, sure. The whole paying off the ref thing is something that's obviously not yeah. cool. It's wild, but <laughs> the other aspects, the, the other aspects are pretty funny. But yeah, yeah, that kind of income. I would like <laughs> that billions of dollars of like, I would you know I actually wouldn't do that. I have too much respect for like top clubs. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, it defeats. I would not. It, it I would not do that. Actually, thinking about it, you know, it kills everything that everybody worked for to get there. Right. I would pay them to say, "Can I train?" If you guys have like a staff first <laughs> player match, can I play on the staff <laughs> team? <laughs> I think that would be cool. I mean, to experience yeah. what it's like training with a club. Yeah. Just, so be really cool. just be even just being around like the grounds. Oh yeah, that'd be yeah. sweet. So I forgot this part actually. This is also in the podcast. When he joined Perugia, he employed Diego Maradona to be like his personal trainer. That's funny. Like it was, uh, he employed Maradona and Canadian sprinter Ben Johnson, who like got who like mm -hmm. failed the drug test and like won the gold medal. He employed both of those guys to be like his personal trainers and like their technical consultants while he was playing for Perugia, so he'd get better. And his appearance that he made was actually against Juve. <laughs> <laughs> How long did say? How long did he play? How many minutes? It was only uh, he came on as a sub against U of A. It doesn't say how long. <laughs> and then eighty seventh minute. Yeah, maybe. But then like, apparently he failed a drug test, and then he was like banned from the team or something. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a crazy story. Oh my god! Um, how old was he when all this was happening? Uh, he would have been like twenty seven, almost like thirty. <laughs> drug test. His, you, his, you Perugia, drug his test. Perugia, uh appearance. He was thirty years old. This has to like become a movie. That's wild. <laughs> like, man. how is this? Whoever wants to whoever make whoever movie. makes decisions on movies made seriously <laughs> make this one. I mean, there's a lot more background to it. Like, the guy's a dictator, and like his son was like just partying yeah. it up and everything. But yeah, that funny. Is, that is not cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> back to the show. Uh, Borat could play him. <laughs> yeah, he probably could. <laughs> you probably could. Sasha Baron Cohen, where you at? <laughs> um, uh. That's hilarious. So the next, um, I mean, the next game I talk about is probably the Man City game. Um, the the Chelsea game was going on at the same time as this, so I didn't end up watching it, but I saw the highlights. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, they lost. They lost two nil. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I wish we could take that clip that we talked about, I think, last week. Yeah, Joe, City. man. They, I, it's, it's like clockwork. I even Joe, saw a post. Joe Sardamas over here. I even saw a post. Well, I got Tottenham wrong this year. Yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> I saw a post where it's like uh, every time uh, Crystal Palace goes to Manchester, it showed the Barcelona, like the old Barcelona team, Puyol and stuff like that. And it's like, it's so true. Yeah. Every time. And it's not even Crystal Palace at home. Crystal, Crystal Palace, Palace away. I, in with, Manchester. With different same. managers, too. Like yeah. almost every single time. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it, it's just one of those things you know I, I think a lot of it has to do with Zaha I don't know what but City just has the hardest time yeah. dealing with him I mean it, it was really strange too his goal first goal he scored you know it was massive mistake by Laporte they go on the counter but he took the shot and somehow like Ederson it didn't get it, seemed get weak. To it yeah it just went underneath Ederson's yeah. hand I don't even know what happened but and then Laporte with the red card. I mean, Zaha just turned him. Could have been, I think it was a little, I want to say harsh because maybe it was a red, but I mean, Concello, I think probably could have caught him. Yeah. But still, I mean, it just it feels like the stars just align with mm -hmm. with Crystal Palace and they just beat City time and time again. 
Yeah, just on the goal. Like, it was, like, he placed it to the corner, but, like, it did not have any pace on it, it mm-hmm. seemed like. So I was kind of surprised it went in, too, because I was watching the highlights, and I'm like, that's the goal that he scored? Like, yeah. Because you think a goal against Man City, like, it's got to be good. Like, yeah. It's got to yeah. be, like, you got to get past the defense somehow. That was a gift. That happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you got to solve Ederson, mm-hmm. arguably the best keeper in the league. And, like, for that one to go in, I was like, ooh, what's what's going on there? Yep. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, the red card in the 47th minute. It was like, like obviously it doesn't look good, mm-hmm. but I think it happened so far up the field still. Like if this was like yeah. last man, like at the eighteen or something, and like he was clear on, and like like, yeah. you mean, like, like obviously like you think like a last man, um, someone's on a breakaway and they get taken down or something, but like it was just like a tussle after a header. Yeah, and it Zaha had him too. Yeah, yeah. it, it wasn't. It wasn't like Zaha broke away. Yeah, and like Laporte pulled him back or something from mm-hmm. like you know, clear strides that he was making. Like, it wasn't that clear cut. So, I mean, it is kind of iffy. And, like, I don't know if Laporte maybe already had at least one foul, like, earlier in the game or something. Like, even if he did get a second yellow or even get a yellow, it might kind of affect him later on. I don't know. But, yeah, it's – you never want to see it, obviously. Yeah. Um, I just – I just, it's, it, it was, I'd, I'd say it was a bit harsh. Yeah. And I find it tough where it's – it's so borderline, and they both had each other. It was a tussle. It was so high up the field. Like, why why ruin a game with a red card right. over yeah. that? You know, he's so high up the field. Concello is, like, there. He's going to catch Zaha before he gets to the 18, probably. Yeah. So, I mean, at least catch him enough to apply more pressure. Like, And that's one of the rules, right? It's clear-cut goal-scoring opportunity. I mean, that far up the field, Concello... You know, he's not that close, but, you know, just the way the foul happened. Yeah, he like I mean, turned him and Zaha has Laporte's shirt. It's Laporte tough. has It's him. a very, you know, to give a red card in a game, like, what, at the 47th minute? You know, yeah. I think it's kind of, like you said, it ruins, ruined the game a bit. Yeah. Um, not, not clear enough for me, I would say. I mean, because there's some situations like that where, you know, it's, definitely a red card you can tell night and day but you know Mm -hmm. i don't know i giving a red card you want to be sure because it really even with city like as good as they are when they go down 10 men it's very very tough oh yeah and like a team like um like crystal palace they're all attack yeah like they don't really take pride on their defensive prowess like it's like they attack and try and score Mm -hmm. and with Zaha playing and Odson Edward playing together only for the third time this year, I think that posed a big threat to um to City to yeah, against City because playing Benteke as that striker alongside Zaha, it's a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. Benteke is like more of like an actual number ten. Yeah. Like big body, like kinda of like a Kane style of play. But Odson Edward, he's just kinda of like a free flowing striker almost, kinda of similar to how Zaha plays. And I think having two players that dynamic on your team really pose a threat. And obviously going down to 10 men and it being your center back, that's huge, obviously. Yeah. And, I mean, if anybody's going to try and change the strategy and make the team play better, Pep's going to be that guy. But for whatever reason, they just uh, couldn't penetrate going forward. And they kept you know, kept the game just to 1-0 mm-hmm. up until the 88th minute there until, I mean, it was kind of just eventually going to happen almost mm-hmm. like the like mm-hmm. that you you always see that right like a yeah. counter attack like you're pressing basically all 10 guys 
up the field to try and score. Like it's going to happen. You're going to get exposed. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, credit to City. I mean, they they were they were down. Um, they still brought it to Crystal Palace. They got a goal. Got ruled for offside by like the smallest of margins. Yeah, it was tight. Yeah, and you know, it's totally good. And then they they couldn't penetrate. They had to leave themselves exposed at the back. Um, and like you said, once there were time and time again, you know, especially after they brought on Mares and Sterling, they they were leaving themselves exposed at the back. But I think they had to because whether you lose one nil or two nil, you need to take that chance to try and get something from the game. Yeah. So they were they were hounding Crystal Palace, and then Crystal Palace got one at the end. Yeah, a loss is a loss. Like you better just go out swinging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like get three scored against you. Who cares? You're still gonna lose the game. Yeah. But at least give yourself a fighting chance. And I think he might have. How, when did he bring on uh, Sterling and and Mares? Do you remember? Uh, I want to say there was still a good amount of time left in the game, um, which is what I like about um, the way Pep usually does things. You know, he doesn't wait till like the very end. Fifth minute. Give, to give bring a. On. Right, striker to get a goal. Give a new striker like no time to to score. Um, seventy eighth minute. Looks yeah, like. seventy eight. Yeah. He brought them both on the same time. So he yeah, took off Grealish and Cachello, put on Mares and Sterling. Seventy eight. Uh, that's kind of late though, too. Well, I mean, really, Who? they had fifteen minutes. Fifteen yeah. minutes plus to make an impact on the game. I guess. Um, I just like to get. If I was a player, I like to get brought on like early seventy or like late sixty. Well, I think there's two ways you can look at it. Get Obviously, your, you get your feet wet a little bit. Yeah, you want to give them enough time, but you also want enough time to lapse in the game where you're going against tired defenders. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, maybe around seventy seventy fifth minute is ideal. Um, maybe there was some influence when he brought on Schlupp for uh, Edward, wanted mm-hmm. to see how that would impact the game, and then decide if he still wanted to bring on Mars and Sterling. Um, so, who knows? I mean, who who am I to question what Pep does with his mm-hmm. substitutions? But yeah, they just couldn't break him down, left themselves exposed, and Connor Gallagher with a with a banger off the post that Ederson. Had had no chance. No chance. Yeah, he was he was stunned. Yeah. Um, the big one next week. United, Man City, mm-hmm. the Derby at Old Trafford, I believe. Yeah, at Old Trafford. Um, so yeah, I think now it's weird. Like only it's only been one game, but I think Solskjaer is in a point where he's safe no matter what happens in this match. I agree. Uh, Unless they get crushed again. I mean, yeah, but like, <laughs> it depends how you get crushed. It really does. Like, like what's crushed to you? Like five nil? Like, like yeah, if they, if they have another Liverpool scenario, okay. then it'll be like I don't know. Like Liverpool <laughs> is like it. a dismembering. Like they got yeah, they got just at every aspect of the game. Uh, but I'm saying if they lose this game like four two or something, yeah, yeah, or like three one, mm-hmm. I think so. Okay, kind of whatever. Like it's kind of just like okay, like they're they're a really good team. Like we just lost. Like probably you know. Mm-hmm could be eventual champions of the league so maybe give Solskjaer a pass on that one but I think if the game this weekend would have gone differently against Tottenham like no matter what the result would have been if it wasn't going to be a win against City I think Solskjaer would have been gone so I think he bought himself some time or the team may have helped him buy him some time mm-hmm. um, keep that safety net for him there uh, who else does Mania have coming up they had Champions League against Atalanta 
uh, midweek actually, and then the city game. Mm-hmm. A little tough. A little very, run of play. Yeah, very, very, very tough. Uh, it's really going to affect United because uh, City is probably, you know, United are pretty deep, but I think City is deeper with more quality. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So you're bringing Mares and Sterling off the bench mm-hmm. to come on. Like, that's pretty sick. Yeah. Like, I know they got, like, you know, Sancho or something on the bench for United and Rashford too, but like, mm-hmm. Mares and Sterling are proven winners. Mm-hmm. That's the thing we talked about last week too. Other than like Ronaldo and, I guess Cavani with PSG and maybe De Gea. There's no other like winners on that team mm-hmm. of of leagues or like league titles. Yeah. So I think that team still has to grow, even though they're they're youth players like Rashford that we think and like um, players like Lingard and you know, even like Maguire now is obviously older. We think these guys are like have been there forever and like they've won things and like we just expect them to be winners. But when you earn a title, you get that extra little like mm-hmm. grit into your side. Like yeah. it's like they say it all the time, like in in hockey or something. It's like you can be really, really good on paper, but like if you don't know how to make it all four rounds of the Stanley Cup final and like win, mm-hmm. then like you don't have that in your team. Like you don't yeah. have that in you. Yeah. So I think players like like United, they have to really, maybe they have to get down, and you know, have some poor results just to know what it feels like, and then learn from that experience, and then pick themselves back up. Mm-hmm. Because they've been floating in like top five for a while. Yeah. They haven't gone to like that upper echelon yet of like showing how they can win. So maybe they gotta get down, they gotta get a new manager again, maybe. And hopefully that can like teach them to grow a little bit more and like learn from their mistakes and learn from their downfalls and that can make them a better side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. They they need that in their team because I wholeheartedly agree. If you don't have players that have gone the distance, so to say, or so to speak, I mean it's it's really tough because you don't have really that grit, like you said, that you need. Well, you need the players, but I think it's more important to just have a manager that's won a title. Right, that obviously helps. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean? Very much helps. Even, you know, when City, um, before they won a title, they brought in Mancini, proven in Syria. Um, Liverpool brought in Klopp, you know. Um, Chelsea with Tuchel, like top quality managers, like it's gonna be very tough to win a league with a manager that hasn't won a ma- major title. Players that have won a major title outside Ronaldo, you know, very tough to rally that group because, like you said, it's a different thing. Yeah, to beliefs, win a title, belief's not there either, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's so true. And like you mentioned, um, mentioned Jurgen Klopp, and now like he's. Obviously, proven success in both leagues now in in the Bundesliga and here in champ in uh, Premier League, but for this game now here against Brighton, couldn't solve them. Yeah, stalemate. It's just Brighton stalemate. Man. <laughs> just, you know that Brighton have slipped a little bit, if you want to call it a slip. But I mean, they played some, some tough games. Yeah, they yeah. had what, City last week as well. I think. Yeah, City, City, Liverpool. Um, still though, you know they they got a point from Liverpool. And they're sitting sitting seventh, um, only one point outside of fifth behind Man U. So you know, tough, tough to to accept um, dropping points, obviously. But I would say um, definitely disappointing for Liverpool. You know, especially with them scoring um, that early and they can close with the win. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like. 
Is scoring too early a bad thing sometimes, you think? Well, it was definitely I bad th- for England in the Euro yeah. Cup. Yeah, I, know, <laughs> I thought that too. I think it's bad if you let it um, change how you play or if it like puts complacency into your style when you don't keep pressing. Like I've never s- really seen that with you know City in particular. You know, when they score, like I think uh, Pep berates his players so much mm-hmm. that it never sets in. Uh, I know Klopp does as well. Um, but you know, in the Euros with um, what's his face there, the manager Southgate. Yeah, I think they they one they stopped pressing two like they just changed their style of play, which is not what you want to do. You want to keep wild. Yeah. yeah, like why you have a style of play? It's working. I don't I don't understand, especially scoring yeah. that early. Why you change how you're playing and you're gonna what sit on a game against Italy for <laughs> for, for, for 90, 85 for their night literally in the minutes. final. Yeah, <laughs> like. I they didn't change their style in any game leading up to that game. I don't think either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like even like when they score, they just try and get more. Okay, when's the next one coming? Who's who's gonna get on the score sheet now? You haven't scored yet. Okay, come on, let's go. Yeah, but against Italy, they just sat back, so it was kind of wild to see. Yeah, um, Mourinho is famous for that. Mourinho, yeah. you, score, you get a goal in like in the tenth minute. All right, park the bus. Yeah, we're gonna win this game one nil. It's like no, <laughs> like <laughs> like you'd get probably get mad if like Hazard went on a breakaway and scored. Yeah. It's like what are you doing, man? I said one nil, not two. One nil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um well yeah, and then obviously they obviously they suffered a setback with Nabi Keita getting subbed off. Mm-hmm. Um hopefully the injury is not too bad. Um yeah. Cuz he's pretty crucial to their team. Like they have players like um like Fabinho that can kind of get in there as well. Yeah. But having Nabi Keita is like real sick for them. Yeah. Yeah, he's been performing really well. And yeah, hopefully his injury isn't too uh too much of an issue, but you know, Oxley Chamberlain comes on for him and sets up Mane with uh with a diving header. That was a sweet goal. Yeah. That was really nice. That was nice. And like even at that point too, okay, I think it's two nil halfway through the first half. And yeah. if there's any side that you would say, Okay, I'm gonna put money on these guys to come out winners, it's gonna be Liverpool. But it just goes to show like what a late goal in the first half can do for your team oh, yeah. going mm-hmm. into halftime. Um I never heard of this guy before. Enoch nope. Enoch Muepu. Yep. Uh, I found this. I found this stat kind of crazy. So this is what I was looking up last night. I was having a few drinks. I was yeah. like, I'm like, I'm like, I gotta find who this guy is. Find out who went, Enoch is. I went down like a rabbit hole of Zambian soccer players. So I found out he's the only second uh, Zambian-born player to score in the Premier League. Oh. And he would have been first if not for Pats and Daka, <laughs> who scored last week uh, for Leicester. <laughs> crazy. That was kind of funny. Wow. He scored in the game um, against United okay. two weeks ago. Sorry. Yeah. In uh, match week eight, so so Zambia making a little there you go. Making, here, some, the, making some the, moves in this, for uh, the country of Zambia. Yeah, um, that's kind of funny. Good for him. So yeah, so that gate that goal is in the forty first. So I mean, whatever was said at halftime, um, it got the goals motivated to come out in the second half. And Trussard is another Trussard. guy who's kind of been there for mm-hmm. a little bit now. Like, I think he's. I think the way that he plays and like his style, he kind of like wants a big move to a big club. Like you know, like every team's kind of got that kind of guy. Yeah, like, <laughs> like leads with. Uh, <laughs> I Joe's gonna bring this. I, I was ta- I I talked about this what like a month ago. I'm gonna say it again this week. Um, Rafinha on yeah, the leads. Yeah, he's gonna get picked up. You know, you can just tell there's uh, every team like you said has that one player. I think Trussard and Rafinha are those if they keep it up. You know, 
But I feel like sometimes it's like they, they try too hard to be that player at the same time. Well, that, and that's what's interesting about Rafinha because typically that player would be a lot more selfish than Rafinha is. But I think what makes Rafinha good is he can... He reminds me of Mares a bit, but he actually moves the ball quicker than how Mares would on Leicester sometimes, uh, which makes him really, really dangerous. So, you know, it could... I think he's going to get picked up next year. You know, especially if Leeds got relegated, you know, someone's going to pick him up. Oh, yeah. Well, if relegation. You know, even, then, yeah. even if it's not like a Chelsea or Liverpool or City, like, you know, an Everton or, you know, maybe even an Arsenal could pick him up. I think he scored again today. Yeah. He did. For he did. Yeah. Really nice yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. Um, another player just is uh, Miguel Almiron from Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's another guy. He's uh, he's 27 years old, but he plays like he's like 21. Like he wants to get picked <laughs> up so bad, I think. Yeah. Like he just, it's one of those, you know, you try and be a little bit too flashy. Like you kind of get pissed at your players sometimes for like not giving the ball. And, like you show like, mm-hmm. like, I'm better than this club. Like I want to get out of here. Yeah. I feel like Trussard's kind of like that. Maybe Rafinha too. Um, but I mean, Trussard did his best to show why he wants to be somewhere else. Uh, yeah. Tie the game, 65th minute. And I think. I mean, like not having Naby Keita is like one thing, um, but then to put a player like Chamberlain in for him, who's like a different style of player, yeah, it kind of showed like Liverpool to be maybe exposed a little bit in the middle, mm-hmm. um, because like the goal that the goal that Trussard got was like a pass like, right through the middle, it was a nice ball, yeah, mm-hmm. but he got sent in, and I'm like, I feel like if Keita was there, a little bit more pressure would have been on. Mm-hmm. I forget who the guy was whoever passed the ball there, the uh, throw the needle to Trussard. I think if Keita was there, you know, it would have. Maybe it made it a little bit more difficult, but um, yeah, man, Brighton. That's that's the one worry with Liverpool is they're not very deep. I would say not as deep as Chelsea, or definitely not as deep as City either. Um, City could put out, you know, a solid, a pretty solid lineup with like two players in each position. Mm-hmm. I don't think Liverpool has that right now. You know, so that's the worry. Like what happened last year, Van Dyke got injured, and it was like we're done for the season yeah <laughs> you yeah. know no chance everyone dropped from them yeah um but yeah brighton man they dealt just to say one more thing about them they play like tight games no matter what mm-hmm. like, if they're winning or losing it's mm-hmm. like a tight game yeah like i think the last um they had that loss to city it was 4-1 but other than that like even the games that they lose it's like one nil yeah or like, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll draw you know nil nil or they'll win two nothing or something like that so like they don't give up a lot of goals, but they don't score uh, yeah. too much either. But they're kind of just like across the board. Look at their goal differential. It's, it's yeah, actually, it's actually it's zero. zero. So <laughs> yeah. they just play you tight. Um, maybe they don't convert all their chances. If they had like, you know, a pure striker, that can just get them like 15 to 20 goals a season. They could be another team maybe that plays. Um, but that performs better than they actually might be. Just because if they have like a good system from their manager there too, like playing defensively and how structured they can play. If they can just get a guy to score, yeah. Like I mean, everybody would love that, but if they can get a guy to score for them, um, yeah, I know they could just maybe stay in the top ten. Yeah, they they've been looking really good, and they got you know next fixture against Newcastle. You know, it's a gettable game. Absolutely, I mean, Newcastle, like we said, they're still struggling. Um, new ownership, obviously not in a situation where they can make a big impact on the team yet, so. I think it'd be one you'd expect uh, Brighton to win. Yeah, and I mean the game against Chelsea this week, they just <laughs> didn't perform. Like they didn't even show up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
like another I think that might be back to back at St. James Park. I think their last game might have been at home too. So they're not displaying too much for the for the new ownership. No, that was that was a tough one for them. And you know, it's obviously really tough when Chelsea played that well. I mean, Chelsea were on on their game. I think a lot of it has to do with Newcastle's situation right now. Right. But without Lukaku, without Werner, mm-hmm. still looked still looked dangerous as ever. Yeah. I mean, I think they do have to bring in a manager sometime soon. I don't know who it's going to be. Otherwise, they... I mean, I think they're still in danger of getting relegated um, just because it kind of is. That's when we're all, you know, new ownership, no manager right now, teams not, you know, <laughs> cohesive. Mm-hmm. Um, so you definitely do not want to be in the championship while you're trying to rebuild this club to be a massive club. That is not not a good situation. Um, and it's unfortunate because uh, who was the manager? Steve Bruce. Was, like yeah. they, I guess he got like so much flack from the ownership and the fans. And it's like, well, now you're in this position. Like he could have been someone that could have like solidified them through this period, at least in the interim until they're like, okay, hey, no, like Mourinho's our new manager or like, you know, bring in Hazard or whoever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, they just canned them. Now they're in the interim and, you know, who knows what's going to happen. It's not really the way you want to transition a club, I would say, in this situation. No, and I mean, the ownership buying the club was like a huge splash. Like, I don't know, like I wasn't keeping tabs on Newcastle and like their status. Like, I don't know if this was talked about for a while, but it just kind of happened out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like to us. Yeah. So it's like money, big money comes in, you know, a week or two later, Steve Bruce is gone. It's like, did they even have any like contingency plan of like what to do? Like if yeah. the team doesn't perform well, like I don't know. Um, they have the game next week against Brighton. That'd be match week, uh, match day eleven, and then after that, it's a two week break. So maybe in those two weeks, they can do their due diligence and try and mm-hmm. find a manager. Um, they can start scouting some players somewhere. Maybe then try and uh, bring some talent in in January. But from the Chelsea standpoint, this is the kind of game that um, it's good to have. Yeah, like. No Werner, no uh, Lukaku. Mason Mount didn't play. Um, Pulisic is still coming off injury. I think they might have said he might be back for the Burnley match, which okay. I think might be after that break. Um, let's see that there. Yeah, yeah. So I said no. It's actually it's the next game this week. Actually, okay. Uh, he might be back for that game. That was Tuchel's uh, early projection for Pulisic. Um, but yeah, to have this game kind of slot into the season, like at just perfect timing yeah. where you do have some injuries. You can play some other guys. You can get, you know, Reese James stepping up with two goals. Um, you get Jorginho <laughs> with a nice PK, like an easy goal there. It was just a very easy game from Chelsea. Yeah. Like they didn't have to work too hard. The game kind of came to them because it was just like playing mm-hmm. against Newcastle. Yeah. And they get, you obviously don't want to take any team lightly because that's where you get caught out sometimes. But for them to, you know, step up to their, step up to the game and just start playing well, basically from the, the get go, like again, I don't even know if Mendy had any shots to deal with this game. Um, yeah, he didn't have a whole lot to do. I was super was one, ha- sorry, one shot. <laughs> Mendy, you need like twenty to beat him. Yeah. Um. No, but with Reese James, I was super happy for him because you know he always always plays really well and the couple goals, bangers goals he scored. <laughs> like came mm. out. Like, good for him. Just good for him. Just ripping it. You know, half volley for yeah. two goals. Mm-hmm. Like, That's your outside back. 
you know, finishing off some chances that you'll see a lot of forwards just squander. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, man, 3-0. Uh, you know, show up, set up, get the hell out of there. Yeah, <laughs> very. Keeping them just on cruise control. Yeah. Keeping them at the top of the table right now. Yeah, and that's what you want. Points. Like, you know, and we talk about City and Liverpool. Um, maybe that's why I feel maybe it's getting closer to just Chelsea having the edge. They're just very consistent every game. Like, you know, I don't want to say boring, but like they just go do their job. There's not a lot of like crazy like in the City game, just like nonsense going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just get the job done. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, take a look at the table again. Oops. Um, yeah, to be to be five points ahead of City, and not have any you know matches withstanding is huge. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's only yeah ten games in. We're what thirty percent done the season. Yeah. Um, like ish, give or take. Um, I mean, that's I don't know if that's a huge hole to climb out of because you know City can bounce back like anything. Mm-hmm. Chelsea, you know, they still have to play top clubs. Um, they got Leicester coming up. They got United coming up. So those are going to obviously be, you know, just probably tight games. Um, probably ex- games that they ex- expect to win. But you, then you mix in Champions League and you got, you know, the game with Juve coming up next week again or a couple weeks. That's a bounce back game. They came off a loss last time they played, so they want to get that one back. Um, there's no easy wins, man, in, mm-hmm. no. in the Premier League. Like, yeah, we're kind of shitting on Newcastle a little bit. But, I mean, that's that's a rare case where you can, like, just step up and, like, literally have that dominant dominant of a performance like the possession was 80 to 20 yeah in the newcastle game i just checked some like detailed stats um passes were 773 to 198 mm-hmm. like it's just in every facet they were just getting dominated um and also again only three goals against from chelsea for all, all season which is kind of crazy yeah doing doing really well we'll see if they can hold this and pick up uh, another title Whew. Been a minute, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been gonna, a minute. <laughs> Andrew's gonna like that. I mean, because it's this team's basically been like freshly remade. Yeah, like as or yeah, um, as the Quet is like the only guy that's like stayed. Yeah, I mean, Marco Solanzo, he was there when when Conte was here, but other than that, like Lampard, I'm always gonna love Frankie because he's like a legend and like he's yeah. my favorite player. I think for the last 20 years, he's been like my guy. Yeah. What he did with the youth of this team when he had to, because they had the transfer ban, mm-hmm. that's setting up how they're performing now. Yeah, like I'm not obviously he had some stuff against him. Uh, he had you know some matches that didn't go his way, and obviously um, Abramovich really wanted results now. So him leaving, I did see it as probably a good like a good idea to let him go at the time that they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see like the writing on the wall, like okay, this team's not doing very well. Like his first season with them, yeah, they overachieved like big time. I think they made Champions League his first season. Right, mm-hmm. that was like astonishing that he did that. I thought they were going to finish like maybe eighth place, seventh place. So yeah. I, was, I was okay with that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I knew that this was a transition season. But for what he did with them was like super impressive, and it's kind of paying dividends now because he gave Mount a chance, mm-hmm. he gave Reese James a chance. Yeah, um, you know, Hudson Odoi, Tammy Abraham's off to Roma now. They just kind of didn't really fit into the plan, but Tammy Abraham like had a good season with Lampard, mm-hmm. and so now these players that were getting, you know, first team minutes two seasons ago because basically Chelsea had to, you're seeing these players blossom into like 
you know the world class players that they are now. Like Reese James yeah. is playing for England. Mason Mount like started yeah. for England in the Euros. Yeah, two three Huge. seasons ago he was like at Derby County like as a low knee from Chelsea. Like it's mm-hmm. just it's crazy how mm-hmm. uh, like how the Premier League like, kind of operates and like how you can just get those chances to perform and like show what you can do. And like I said, two seasons from now, who knows what these guys are going to be? Yeah. It's always exciting yeah. to see and like how well the players are going to develop into. Um, I always kind of think of the Concello situation where he came from Juve. Obviously, you know, he was he already kind of made a name for himself, um, but just came in. And that's why I like seeing players go to City just to see how much better they get because mm-hmm. Pep just yeah. has that player development aspect to him. Well, it's like anything, even like when you play for the university for a little bit, like years yeah. ago, obviously, you like, well, you I mean, skyrocketed, bro. Well, it's <laughs> I guess at when you're as bad as me, if you if you go from playing twice a week to playing two hours every day, right? You know what I mean. It it obviously helps just to stay on top and stay sharp because we always talk about how you're, especially when you play at our level. <laughs> By yeah. the time you start playing, you need like a month and a half to get back to the groove of things oh for sure yeah. and then by that time the season's almost done <laughs> so you have maybe like a month in your prime a month, yeah a month. your your peak hits and there's two games left. yeah yeah <laughs> so when you can when you can hit that kind of right and you kind of keep that through an entire year i think that's what really helps so who knows what pep's got in his yeah in his repertoire of just keeping players sharp and improving players mm-hmm. so but yeah, it's like if you just get the opportunity to play with better players, though, like even on a mm-hmm. practice level, yeah, like just in the training ground, yeah, it's huge. like you like you make a move to beat a player, and then it's like okay, you have a chance for like a three on two or something on a, in training, and you give it to a guy in your team that you know is gonna like, like do the right thing, like that mm-hmm. confidence is like a, it must be amazing. Like oh yeah, like imagine being on a side where like you're like the best player like by far, and like you just give it to some guy and like he falls over the ball or something and, like. Yeah, the play gets screwed up. If you're training with Man City, you give the ball to like Sterling and give all the Grealish, and it's like he's not going to screw up. Yeah, like you know that he's going to like either get a cross on net, he's going to get a shot on net, and that confidence that that they emulate gets translated back to you, and you start performing better. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, yep. that's huge. Talk about the team performing better, Arsenal, man. <laughs> Where did this come from? Hey, like, I wish you get a snapshot of the table from the start of the season when they were sitting Seriously, 20th. I wish you could like insert right now. It's too much editing for me. But I wish you could insert a clip from like <laughs> match day two of our podcast and we were just saying how Arsenal's going to be relegated. Yeah. And now they're sitting, what, fifth place? Yeah, 17 points tied with Man U. Um, they're just sixth on goal differential. Um, but yeah, sixth place right now. Moving up in the table. It's absurd. They are... Uh, Having a string of matches here. So you know, who just you know, pivot off this then? Who is gonna get fourth? Because now it's getting interesting. The battle for four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's know? momentum saying <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> Arsenal's gonna win the league on this. Could you ima- if Arsenal qualifies for for Champions League? That would be the wildest turn of events ever. You know, if I don't know, if Man U stick to how they had their lineup against Tottenham, I think they'll finish four. If Solskjaer keeps like changing stuff up and 
doesn't play the consistent players and then just put in Rashford and Sancho and give them minutes, then it's like you're going to keep going up and down. You mean there's no way you're going to qualify for fourth. So if if they stay with that lineup, go throughout the season, I would give it to Manu. If they start changing stuff and Schulshire starts doing things where it gets direction from ownership to do that, I don't know. Like, I, I can't confidently say West Ham because I don't know how long this run's going to last. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I think it's between... I don't know. I don't want to say <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say it. Arsenal and maybe West Ham. I don't think it's going to be Man U just because they're too inconsistent and that inconsistency is going to get Solskjaer fired before the end of the season and that's definitely not going to get them in the Champions League. Right. Um, like It's crazy to say that Arsenal and United have the same record right now. Yeah. 5-2-3. and three. But like those 2-3s and threes happened like in the first you know, five games a season. Five like, games a season. Yeah. Basically, right? Yeah. Um, Arsenal, in their last five games, they have uh, two wins, two draws, and then another win. So actually, there's three losses, I think, were like right away. Yeah. Um, I think they were like one and three to start the season or something. So, yeah. To, to make this push has been pretty impressive. I mean, this is their biggest. Actually, no, sorry. They, their game against Tottenham, that London Derby was massive. Yeah, like when they came mm-hmm. out and just like just spank Spurs, that was huge. That big shift of momentum. Yeah, that could easily be like their turning point of the season. Like they're coming off some wins against Burnley and Norwich. Like everybody's kind of beating up on them, but it was the City game right before that where they got demolished five nil. That maybe in that time period, they came back and said, "Okay, we got to smarten up." Mm-hmm. And actually, yeah. that game here was was August twenty eighth, and they had a two week break. I think for international break. Right. So whatever they did international break, they got to keep doing it because. Since they've been back, um, yeah, they beat Norwich, beat Burnley. They won a cup match against Wimbledon, beat Tottenham, uh, tied Brighton, tied Palace, beat Villa, beat Leeds in another cup match, and then, yeah, beat uh, beat Leicester this, this past week. So they've been riding high for sure. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's what it is. Like Sometimes like we kind of... I, I don't like international break that often because I feel like it happens too often. Mm-hmm. And it could hurt some teams in like the flow of their season. But it also all depends on like how well in the season you're doing or how poor in the season you're doing. Or that international break can come in handily. Oh, yeah. Like if you're if you're rolling and you're like flattening teams, you don't want to stop. Oh, yeah. But yeah. if you're on a slide, if you're getting smashed by City 5-0, you want you you to stop. International break, yeah. You want to you get, you know, go, go on vacation for three days. Go to go to Cyprus or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like go go get to the beach. Here. Get the hell out of here. Get out of London. You know where like the media obviously is like huge and like always on your back. You know, get away from it all and then come back refreshed, regenerated. Maybe Arteta took some. You know, maybe he called Pep on the phone and said, "Pep, man, you gotta stop kicking my ass. Like you gotta help <laughs> me out a little bit and like mm-hmm. give me some pointers." Because ever since that City game, you know they've they've been on a tear. Yeah. And yeah, I could see them easily finishing top four now. I mean, we'll we'll see when they go to Liverpool on November twentieth. Because mm-hmm. um, for all of all we know, Liverpool will be like, hey, this like this is what it's like a top right. three club. Um, you know, but if they get a decent result there, like even if they lose, but it's like one nil and they're taking it to Liverpool, that would that would be a win for Arsenal just to know they can go to Anfield. It's like, hey, we'll push you guys. Um, and then the big match we'll see against Man U December second. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That'll be big. 
Yeah, it's all about timing. It's all about scheduling too, obviously. Like I said, their last couple of wins, like Burnley, Norwich. Um, yeah, the Tottenham game was huge, but Villa, Leeds. These are sides that you expect them to win against. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Tottenham one, it goes either way. But at that point too, Tottenham was like right there, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Like they were like still performing kind of good. Um, but that's a derby match. You just throw all standings out the window. It could mm-hmm. be like a one versus 20 match, but it, yeah. it's a derby. So um, anything can happen in that game. But scheduling comes into play. And then, yeah, they have a tough run of games coming up. Watford's gettable. But then Joe said a game against Liverpool. Newcastle is probably gettable. And then, yeah, United, Everton, uh, West Ham all within three weeks. So those would be um, some big games for, yeah. for Arsenal to deal with. And just on the flip side of things, Leicester. Like one trajectory mm-hmm. is going up, one's going down. Yeah, Leicester's having a rough string here. And sitting 10th right now, 14 points, minus two goal differential. Got a game against Leeds coming up, which... I think you'd expect them to win. So that might give them a little bit of confidence boost and get them back on track. Cause I think we said this last week, we're used to seeing Leicester top four consistently um, ever since they won that one year. But this season, I think just combination of competitiveness and just poor performances is leading to where they're sitting on the table right now. Mm-hmm. And like their losses too are like, they're tight. It's not like they're yeah. getting blown out. So it's not like hit the panic button yet against Leicester. Like, no, they're not going to finish top five this year, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you wouldn't expect it. Even though they're only three points out, to be honest. Like, it's actually, it's so yeah, tight. Yeah, I, w- I mean, looking at it, you look at the top, like, 12. <laughs> yeah. And it's just very, it's so tough because out of nowhere, West Ham, Brighton, and Everton are just really doing pretty well this year. It's just so competitive at the top right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's, <laughs> you know, we'll see. It's going to be interesting around Christmas to see what the tables looks like. I think we know like the top three will start pulling away, but I think the Champions League fight is going to be very interesting. Yeah. this is a good, In the top 10 right now is a good mix of overachieving and underachieving teams. Yeah. I just can't figure out what What's, they're going to do that it's week. exactly like, it. Yeah. Like, are we an overachieving team this week or are we underachieving team this week? <laughs> Like, how are we going to play? Yeah. Like, a team like Tottenham. How are we going to play right now? Mm-hmm. Everton's been ninth for 17 years, Yeah, I feel like. So, like, they're always just kind of been hanging around. Um, West Ham, too. Like, how long can they keep this run going, right? Three straight wins. Um, yeah, I love it. I mean, it, December is, like, a really fun time. Because mm-hmm. they do condense the games around Christmas time and, like, Boxing Day. Yeah, and then we'll say like New Year's Day games too, and then boom, transfer market kicks open. Yeah, which is like, like it's like a dumpster fire of games. Yeah, <laughs> it's like transfers, and like you know the game on Boxing Day could dictate the game on uh, New Year's Day, and then mm-hmm. those both things, however they go, can dictate how you're going to operate in in the transfer market. So yeah, that's going to be a time to look forward to. Um, all right, we're going to do the spooky draft. Spooky draft. It is Halloween. Here we go. Uh, I'm just titling this the spookiest Premier League players to play against. <laughs> uh, I didn't really go over it earlier with Joe, but apparently Joe was only doing like modern day players or something. Yeah, uh, I didn't. I didn't know we were Santo, doing. Oh, Santo, doing, Santo. Santo was doing modern day players, and I didn't know we were strict to the EPL. So okay, that's, so yeah, so discrepancy <laughs> has to be made now. It's um, it's Premier League only, but it's all time, anytime. Got it. And you can go back history. 40 years if you wanted to. All right, I'm um, gonna stick relatively modern. Well, actually. Except for one, but 
Um, so we're going to do, so the format is a goalkeeper, a defender, a midfielder, and a forward. Any position of those four, well, goalkeeper, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Any position out of the defense, midfield, forward, just one each. Um, criteria, it could just be intimidation. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, physicality of the player. It could be how just dominant, how good they were, and like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, we have to go against this guy. Yep. So that's kind of the criteria. We're going to do random number generator to see who goes first. Uh, it'd be a snake draft. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one, two, three, three, two, one. That's the order. Uh, Joe, you'd be number one. Santos, two on three. First overall pick goes to Joe. Okay, I'm wondering. I think my other two you won't get. And then, Who do I pick first? And then Santo. And then me. So, all right. uh, Joe, lead it off. I'm trying to encompass all those things, like good, spooky, like physicality. I'm going Zlatan, center forward. <laughs> nice. That's a solid yep. first overall pick. Very nice. I'm not saying he's the best number. Like he's obviously a really good number nine. I know there's like better number nines in the that play in the EPL. Um, but obviously one of the spookiest <laughs> to go against. Yeah. Karate chop to the neck. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, just dominance too. I eh? just like. Yeah, I mean his dominance wasn't shown that much in England, but like just overall, like, yeah, he's just outrageous. Yeah, oh yeah, Zlatan. So for me, I just went kind of the typical route. I was gonna go with Ronaldo, old Ronaldo, mm-hmm. forward when he got forty something goals yeah. the season. That Ronaldo in that specific season. Because that is just unheard of in what he did that season. But he's not spooky. Uh, well, if I'm a defender and I'm like, hey, my career and livelihood is dependent on how well I perform and how well our team performs. And then you got this guy mm-hmm. who's going to tear me up and score. And no matter how hard I try, <laughs> nothing's going to work. <laughs> like, how That's pretty But scary. no matter how hard you try to get slats on, you're still going to get a boot to the net. <laughs> True. <laughs> this is true. He'll serve the time but, too. He doesn't care. Yeah. Like, he's like, oh, I got a red card to this. I don't care. Yeah. I was thinking about that today. It's like you know, these are these players' livelihoods, their lives, and they're especially if when you're in the Premier League and you're a Premier League player and it's what you dream about, and you just have other players that are coming, literally crushing your dreams sometimes. Yeah, very <laughs> tough. Um, is that is he a forward or, or midfielder for you? I'm forward. forward. He's, he's yeah. my forward. Okay, so now that both forwards are gone for you guys, I'm going to save my forward to last. Yeah, that makes I, sense. I got my guy. That makes sense. So I'm going to go... Uh, I don't think he'll take my midfielders. I'm going to go defender first. Yeah. Okay. Nemanja Vidic. Oh, that was, oh my, my, that was gosh, my backup. Man. That was my backup. It's not my primary. That was my backup, though. Nemanja Vidic. For that. Oh, nice. I mean... He was my top pick. He had 211 <sighs> appearances for United in the Premier League. And he just encompassed what it meant to be a defender. Yeah, a spooky defender. Terrifying. Blood coming from his face. Mm-hmm. Like, just a warrior, right? <laughs> um, that was an easy pick for me. He was That was the first player, player I thought of. When I thought of doing yeah. this uh, this draft, I'm like, Vitechesi number one. Yep. Um, good call. Yeah, and even like after he left and went to like Inter, he was still sick. Like, still yeah. a really good player. Right. I got a good backup for now. Um, Sorry. <laughs> okay, back to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, you again. I'm going to go with my midfielder. I wrote down this guy like right away as well, like after Vidic. And then after I thought of another player, I'm like, oh, which one should I pick? Because there's two. Yeah. 
there's like a recency kind of one and there's like an old school one. Okay. Um Ooh. I'm gonna go Okay, I'm gonna go Yaya Toure. Ooh, okay, that's a good pick one. my guy. That's good. That's really good. Um, that's a good one. All right. Yaya Toure for, for City. Like when he was on his game, like he was oh, arguably yeah. maybe like one of the best midfielders in the world. Yeah. yeah. He was something else, man. His size. Like yeah. he was pin him against anybody. And like yeah. what he did for that team, like when they were first trying to get their first couple titles, mm-hmm. was obviously massive. And he was he was a scary player. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like he'll yeah, size wise, physicality. Um, contributing, he scored almost sixty goals yeah. for City. Like that is a defending role, a defending midfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with the Ayatouré. That's okay. my my midfield pick. My midfield pick, Paul Scholes. <laughs> that, Paul was, that was my back. That was my backup. <laughs> okay, just the how good he was. I mean, even saying that's a massive understatement. Like the one of the best midfielders in the history of the game, and also just able to stick tackles. Yeah. And not the biggest the, of guys too. Eh? No, just, yeah, but like physical, aggressive, very physical. So to play against someone that's that good and also that physical, nightmare to play against. I'm still going the spooky route. Roy Keane. That's that's a solid <laughs> pick too. That's such a solid pick. Nice. <sighs> okay. Just enough said. Yeah. <laughs> Roy Keane. Yeah. All right. So Joe, you got. Uh, defender and goalkeeper left. I don't think you're going to get my goalies. I'll go with my defender. Uh, not too spooky, but just like very solid. I think everyone needs a leader on the team, so I'm going to go Vincent Company. Nice. Mm. Nice. Pick. Okay, Vincent Company is leading the charge on Joe's team. That was my backup. Yeah. That was my backup. Okay. Um, Me, defender, I'm going to go with Van Dyke. Yeah. He is probably one of the most intimidating center backs and just the stone cold confidence in everything he does Mm -hmm. and just physicality wise everything you know doesn't take a lot of like really dirty tackles but i think that's because he never needs to so that's my pick uh okay and my last one here will be oh no sorry i have two left i have my goalkeeper my forward um Okay, yeah, there's no no sense in hiding it. Uh, my four, I'm just going to go Thierry Henry. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yep. obviously, like, not spooky <laughs> scary, but you go against him as a defender, kind of like what Santos was saying with, like, a Ronaldo. Like, this guy yeah. just knew how to score and oh, how to yeah. just punish teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, 174 Premier League goals, sixth all-time. And, like, right when, right when I was, like, starting to really tune into like, the English game, like, those early 2000s, like, late 90s, this is like the first guy I saw mm-hmm. where I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my God, like this is how, like this is what professional soccer looks like. Like, yeah. these, like this guy, like I could be this guy one day, yeah. you know, like <laughs> have dreams or whatever. Like I can play like him. Um, He didn't turn me into an Arsenal fan, but he clearly, like he was a very impactful player for me. And I was like, this guy is just the best strike I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah. So for that, I mean, I can't not put him there as my number one. Right. Spooky's scariest player. Good pick. And then just to round out, I guess my last pick, goalkeeper, Fraser Forrester. <laughs> Scares the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> six nice. foot six. Yeah. He's just an animal. Like even when I saw him on Celtic like years ago, I'm like, this guy's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, so other than just him scaring the hell out of me, Fraser Forrester is my goalkeeper. Yep. Uh, for me, I am going to go Ederson. Yeah, that's my bad. <laughs> you know, he's got all the tats. I guess you could call him spooky in that terms, but also just the fact he's really good. And he doesn't really show a lot of fear. And the fact that he's the type of player where even if he makes a mistake, you know, shrugs it off like nothing. Mm-hmm. So Ederson is going to be my last and final pick for my team. All right, Joe, round it out. I'm going Peter Schmeichel. Solid. Okay. <laughs> just, just the experience and just the... In, not even... It's just the presence of intimidation. <laughs> just the way yeah. it is. Just this Danish beast in the net. Yeah. And success too, right? Yeah. Huge success. Um, so I'll round the teams out real quick. Joe has Slotan, Roy Keane, Company, and Peter Schmeichel. That's a scary team. <laughs> yeah, scary <laughs> like, team. Those top two guys right there, like it would just I would walk off the pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh Santo has Cristiano Ronaldo, Paul Scholes, Van Dyke, and Ederson. And I got Vidic, Yaya Toure, Terry Henry, and Fraser Forrester. Um honorable mentions. I had Patrick Vieira. Okay. As another player. Kind of similar nice. to like Yaya Toure in mm-hmm. a sense, but like just way more physical. Yeah. yeah, different era of the game too. Like in those early two thousands, it was still kind of like the dying breed of like the bloodbath, mm-hmm. like defending where you can just like kill anybody <laughs> yeah. and not get a red yeah. card for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys have any more honorable, like any honorable mentions you could think of? Uh, one that came to mind for me for midfielder was uh, David Silva, mm. Mm, tiny guy, but just would do everything for a team all the time, score goals, defends, be all over the field just did a lot for mm-hmm. Man City. I think Rooney and Fernandinho. Mm-hmm. Pretty Solid. spooky, spooky yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, like when they're on their game, like anybody, like you can't be stopped sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I looked this up earlier, just like, you know, see like what other people think. I found this website called planetfootball.com and they listed the 12 of the hardest bastards to play in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the number one is Roy Keane. <laughs> And then number two is Vinny Jones. You guys remember Vinny Jones? I don't. Vinny Jones, no. He, uh, he's an actor now. Um, <laughs> okay. Of course he is. You know exactly who he is. Like, Santa, bring up your computer. Vinny, Vinny Jones here. Um, he's in Eurotrip. Uh, he played the Juggernaut in X-Men. He's the guy that says, I'm the Juggernaut. Bitch. Oh, that guy? Oh. I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. He, he played soccer. Yeah, he played for <laughs> Chelsea. Like, he was actually good. Like He, he does look intimidating. He hung. He hung around. Okay. Damn. But he was like, again, like in that era of just ruthless defending and like, he'll kill you. Like, yeah. like look at this guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, he looks a lot more intimidating when he's in a movie where he's got shaved sides of his head and a mohawk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a leather jacket on. Or it's the juggernaut. Okay. Um, so Vinny Jones was one. Uh, yup. Stom. <laughs> Stom. Yeah. yeah. Stom. Okay. Um, he was at United, obviously, mm-hmm. with uh, Alex Ferguson. Uh, some other guys here, I'm not really, you know, totally sure of. Like Mike Mike Harford, I'm not sure who that mm-hmm. is. Obviously, mm-hmm. he probably has some crazy stories. This guy's name's Julian Dix, which is just kind of a <laughs> funny name. Apparently, him. Um, this is from 
someone quoting this saying that Julian Dix was an animal. I remember him having to go at Vinnie Jones once and Vinnie was shooting himself. His arsehole fell out. <laughs> Dix epitomized West Ham when he kissed that badge. He meant it. So this guy clearly was just a yeah. badass too. I love those guys where it was like they literally played for their club. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they bled for the team yeah. they played for. The club was bigger than them. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's kind of a dying breed now, eh? Like that doesn't happen so often. Yeah. We talked yeah, about it. Yeah, it's tough, right? Yeah. Like the one club teams are kind of gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the lifers. I mean, like it, even even like getting scouted like, for like a youth academy or something and like being part of the team since you were like eight years old. Mm-hmm. Like that's in your blood now. Yeah. Like obviously, like if you're, you know, from a small club too, especially. Yeah. Um, like you would never see mm-hmm. Paul Scholes make a massive move to Chelsea. You're like, right. What? No. <laughs> For no amount of money ever. No, like no. he <laughs> lived, dies, and breathes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Manchester United. So like, like I said, like since it's like Youth Academy, obviously until his retirement, like one club team. Yeah. And like that's that's all you're that's all you're there for and. Yeah, like you'll give anything for for your club. So, those were the, the our scariest players to play there against. Was. Oh, another another guy I thought was was Diego Costa. Oh like, yeah, oh yeah, very scary. Yeah, he's he's just an animal too. I was shocked when I learned he was like five years younger than me. Dude, I know. I've seen so many times. Like I, you go through Instagram and like to have the pictures, uh, like to put like the baby filter on people. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the baby, uh, yeah, filter, whatever it's called, from like Snapchat or something. And it like turns like Mbappe, it's like a little baby, Ronaldo's mm-hmm. a little baby, and you're scrolling through, and that last picture is Diego Costa, and it's just himself. <laughs> like it's like players when they were like four or yeah. something, and it's like swipe, swipe, swipe. He's got a full beard. Yeah. <laughs> like he's four years old. Yeah. Uh, who he is? That's who he is. Yeah, he was fun to watch at Chelsea, man. He yeah. was like like another way we could have listed this was like guys you would love to have on your team but hate to play against or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a guy like him, a like, guy yeah, he's like kind of a psychopath. But like you want him on your team, yeah, yeah, like, definitely want him on your team. I agree. Like he might be a liability, a bit of a wild card, but like the things that he did for Chelsea when he was there, mm-hmm. um, and you can't take that back. You can't take that away from him. Yeah, I agree. This is this is good. Um, just looking at uh, next week real quick, the matches. Um, what are the big ones here? I find my bearings. Got so many tabs open right now. Oh, United City, the Derby. Um, that's the biggest one to look into. Um, eight thirty start on Saturday, which is kind of a weird time. Oh yeah, eight thirty. Do the clocks yeah. go back? When do the clocks go back? Oh, it's I think they week. might. It's gotta be next week. I think they might actually. Is it today? Or maybe it's today? No. Well, the game tomorrow is at four p.m. instead of three. I think it might be. Everyone check your clocks. Yeah. I don't even get what that means. November seventh. Yeah. I think this is the last year they're doing it. Statue. Yeah. What does that mean? You just change time? Yeah, it seems time, yeah. No, I mean, like, this is last year that they're doing it. Who decides that? I think it's actually... Like the world? No, there's like... um, There's like a world time <sighs> convention? No, no. Like, no, like, like we, we have to... We're going to stop doing it as long as New York and Quebec also do it. We as in Canada? Or we as in Ontario? Like, Ontario. But like... BC won't do that, so they'll still be. I'm sure the rest of Canada will follow. I know it has to do, has to do something with like the farming, I guess. Well, that was originally what it was for. Yeah. Now, obviously, farmers have technology where they can light up their thing, and they're not they're not only um, tied to 
to working once on sunup and sundown because there's technology where they can work like into the night. So changing the clocks doesn't. Is really that what do it was anything. really about? They just couldn't uh, see. As far as I know, it was because they, they obviously when you're a farmer, you need daylight to do your work. Yeah. Um. So they think wanted to give them more daylight. So we get an hour, right? Fall back. I still don't know. Yes. Yeah. Spring forward, fall back. Yeah. So when so it's the clocks go like back, eight, it's actually seven. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So everyone check your clocks. Yep. Next week. Hopefully this is the last time we got to do this. November 7th. Because I don't like it when it gets dark at 4.30. It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah. And then the summer it gets dark at like 9.45. It's beautiful. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. Like, like, like what? That's probably the biggest like discrete, like difference in like anything. Yeah. Like how cool that is. Like at summer to be like, yes, summertime. Light until it's nine. Yeah. Winter time, four o'clock in the afternoon. It's like I'm going to sleep now. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's wild. Makes no sense for farming. Eh? That's all it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. as far as I know, that was it. I mean, that I had to be it. like years ago, where like yeah. farming was oh, like the yeah. main source mm-hmm. of like you know production, I guess, in mm-hmm. like the country or something. Yeah, as far as I know, that was it. Farmers, man. So changing time yeah. on us. Eight thirty. On Saturday, Manchester Derby. Tune in. Yeah, that's the big one. Um, other games of notice: Everton Tottenham. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday, West Ham Liverpool. That'd be a nice Dodgy. little clash. Yeah. yeah. And then Chelsea Burnley is also Saturday. So, um, a lot of good I'll, games. I would say do predictions, but like I think we'll all probably pick. Yeah. You know, the same results: <laughs> City, Brentford, Chelsea, Crystal Palace. Brighton, yeah. Brighton, Newcastle, draw. <laughs> <laughs> Just because there's going to be a draw. There can't not be a draw. Right. <laughs> Someone's yeah. got to draw. Yeah. I used to love, I don't do it as much as I used to, but I used to like love betting on some games. And as soon as I see a draw, like a, a game like, I don't know, Palace and Wolves, I'm like, okay, that's a draw. Yeah, that might be a draw too. Um, Everton Spurs, that's how, that's got a draw on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Leeds Leicester could be like an upset versus like for Leeds. Like I just love to like just look at games just from the outset, not even doing any research on it. Just look at the teams and be like, not even, like don't even check the standings. Mm-hmm. I just look at the game. Leeds could win that game. West Ham's gonna <laughs> there's, do. There's West Ham's gonna upset Liverpool. West Ham's gonna upset Liverpool. You saying I that? Think. Yes. First first loss of the season for Liverpool. That home too. It's at London Stadium. Yeah. They gotta. They're not. Very tough to go on beating. They gotta lose one game. And you're picking this one against West Ham. I, yes. All right. <laughs> Joe's we'll putting his foot we'll down. See. Joe's Joe's making a bold prediction. All right. We'll see. Um, are you good, boys? Good. Good. All right. I want to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. This was episode 10. As always, you can catch us on Twitter at footy underscore fans, T-H-A-N-S. Also, this audio is posted up on YouTube. Um, catch us up on there. Thank you for tuning in. We'll talk next week after all of the week's action. See you, everyone. See you. Ciao.